I've quietly been wondering about the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi, and if there isn't a correlation between his making that prophecy and the name of the current pontiff. On the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, we saw an abomination take place in the Vatican Gardens. Pagans, in front of the Pope and invited by the Vatican, prayed before an idol, two of them specifically, worshipped the idols, and no, for my Protestant viewers, they did not do what Catholics do with statues and icons by using them as a focus for prayer for the intervention of a saint. No, this was naked idol worship that these pagans were engaged in, and they had been invited to do so by the Vatican. Francis blessed the statue they prayed to, and then accepted the statue given to him by the pagans. One of the actions Catholics are supposed to take in times like this is to engage in acts of prayer and penance. So let's revisit the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi, at least in part, because this abomination happened on the feast day of that great evangelizer. Those who persevere in their fervor and adhere to the virtue with love and zeal for the truth will suffer injuries and persecutions as rebels and schismatics. For their persecutors, urged on by evil spirits, will say they are rendering a great service to God by destroying such pestilent men from the face of the earth. Some preachers will keep silent about the truth, and others will trample it underfoot and deny it. Sanctity of life will be held in derision, even by those who outwardly profess it. For in those days our Lord Jesus Christ will send them, not a true pastor, but a destroyer. That prophecy is published in The Works of the Seraphic Father, St. Francis of Assisi, published back in 1882. There's more to it than that, but it's sufficient for our purposes now. This past weekend, we saw the Amazon Synod kick off unofficially, as its official start date is, in fact, today. But it was kicked off by two events, the worship of an idol in the Vatican Gardens, and the other by a press conference given by our alleged pastors, men who occupy sacred offices, and have by all appearances abused those offices to the point of blasphemy and almost certain sacrilege. Let's have a closer look at these events. The National Catholic Register reports that the pagan ritual was done in front of Francis, who abandoned his prepared remarks and instead offered the Our Father, in Latin. Yes, in Latin, and this was at the close of the ceremony. I can't help but wonder if this was too much even for him. As the Register reports in the opening sentences of their piece on this event, quote, Pope Francis witnessed an indigenous performance at a tree-planting ceremony in the Vatican Gardens Friday, during which people held hands and bowed before carved images of pregnant women. A group of people, including Amazonians in ritual dress, as well as people in lay clothes and a Franciscan brother, knelt and bowed in a circle around images of two semi-naked pregnant women in the presence of the Pope and members of the Curia. After witnessing the ritual, Pope Francis set aside his prepared remarks opting instead to offer the Our Father without comment. End quote. It is reported elsewhere that he said the Our Father in Latin and then spent much of the rest of his time at the tomb of St. Peter, with various theories ranging about why he did that. Either way you cut it, let's have a look at what was actually going on at this ritual. Yes, what you see on your screen are various indigenous and European-descended people kneeling and bowing in front of idols. This isn't like when Catholics kneel and pray before statues of the various saints, for when we do that, we aren't worshipping them or, or a deity they represent, but praying to God through the intercession of the saint, who would take our prayers to our blessed Lord, the one mediator between the Father and men. And yes, for the Protestants watching, that does include when we pray to the, to the Virgin Mary. This ritual was a nakedly pagan ritual, which the Catholic media was not ready to report on for whatever reason, but Getty Images, a neutral news outlet, was willing to report on. 
Here's what they had to say about it. The photo that accompanies their words came from Getty Images and is of the pagan ritual. My apologies to those listening on one of the many podcasting platforms from the show. Quoting from Getty Images. Pope Francis and Cardinal Claudio Humes, Archbishop Emeritus of Sao Paulo, President of the Pan-Amazonian Ecclesial Network, Repham, stand in front of a statue representing Pachamama, the Mother Earth, as they celebrate the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi at the Vatican Gardens on October 4th, 2019, in Rome, Italy. During a highly symbolic tree planting ceremony in the Vatican Gardens Friday, Pope Francis places the upcoming statue for the Amazon under the protection of St. Francis of Assisi. End quote. So, it's a statue of Pachamama. So, what's that? It's a fertility false deity of the harvest and planting of a female variety. Yes, that's a statue of a fertility goddess that you see being adored in the Vatican. But even better, that statue was then brought into a church building in the Vatican itself. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen idol worship and participation in devilish indigenous rites by the bishops of South America. Pan-Amazon Synod Watch.info has reported previously that South American bishops have participated in Pachamama worship ceremonies in South America. As organized by what I can only assume is an evil nonprofit organization, REPM, and their officials. But it wasn't limited to these maniacs either. Earlier in the year, the Canadian bishops broadcast a mass where they included hymns singing the praises of Mother Gaia. At this point, I, don't, I doubt that I need to tell you that this is paganism, pure and simple. But before I go on to talk about the reaction to this, I do want to debunk something. There was a picture floating around that you may have seen associated with this mess of a male statue that, the, that some of our, on our side of things said shows a male in, shall we stay, say, an extremely lewd state. Upon closer inspection, it is merely a statue of a male idol, but he's not in a lewd state. Picture taken at a bad angle makes it look like he was in a lewd state, but people were confusing the statue's arm for another body part that will go unmentioned. I'm trying to be as vague as possible to avoid scandalizing people. It was pretty gross. Now, the reactions to the Pachamama worship were predictable. Outrage was on our side of things, and from the modernists, we got weird defense of the ritual. They actually try to call it a statue of Our Lady of the Amazon, but there is no Our Lady of the Amazon. They just sort of made that up. People actually said that the statues of the two nude pregnant women were of the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Elizabeth in a depiction of the Visitation. They have no defense of what that male statue was supposed to represent, since no men were present at the Visitation, with the obvious exception of the infants in utero. And this defense didn't come merely from what some of us call the left-caths, those shining beacons of Stalinist corrupted Catholicism. No, this included people like professional Francis fanfiction writer Austin Ivory, who called anyone who objected to this a racist. When you hurl that insult at people these days, all it shows is that you have no counter-argument. It's probably a good thing he has me blocked on Twitter. But this is just another example of modernists defending the indefensible, with no reason given as to why they are defending this hot mess. Aside from the little literal worship of a false deity, this is indefensible because the Virgin, the Immaculata, has always been depicted, you know, wearing clothing, even in depictions from non-European cultures, and she is always dressed modestly. This is something else entirely. Part of the error we see here and elsewhere is that of syncretism, which is the blending of two opposing religions. Thus we see paganism and Catholicism blended, not merely by the faithful, or so-called faithful, diving into the deep waters of profound error, we see the bishops and even the pope present at such a ceremony. The Catholic Encyclopedia points out that syncretism is usually employed by the enemies of the true religion to say that the ancient Hebrew beliefs 
are a syncretization of various pagan Middle Eastern religions. What we're dealing with here is that concept inverted onto its head, with pagan religions being infused into the only faith that saves. Hence the placement of that statue before the altar at an unidentified church in the Vatican. The truth is obvious here, but I'll say it for those who hold, who hold to the close cousin of syncretism, which is universalism. The two religions are incompatible. Syncretism isn't Catholic. Extra Ecclesium Nola Salus is a dogma of the Church. Are we on the same page yet? That's a dogma of the Church, and if you deny it, either overtly or in your heart, then you're a heretic, at the very least, if not an apostate. And that's why we've seen Cardinals Burke and others say that this synod and its working documents represent an apostasy and a heresy. Here we have a prime example of that playing out before our eyes. And this was on essentially day zero of the synod, with the Gaia Pachamama worship happening in front of the highest prelates of the church. But remember, this is the ceremony that left Francis all but speechless, only able to say our and our father and allegedly in Latin, which would be frankly amazing if true. Given that we know the man isn't shy about speaking, it does make you wonder why he abandoned his prepared remarks for the prayer Christ taught us. So the other thing that kicked off this disaster was a press conference held by the men organizing this apostasy. I won't say much about that except to say that they were asked about the charges made of apostasy and heresy by the likes of Burke and Brandmuller and the rest, and they gave a very PR response, saying that everyone was on the same page and that there was nothing to really worry about, etc., etc., etc. Typical stuff and more dishonesty for men who are morally unfit to be in the clerical state, let alone to hold such high offices in the institutional church. But there you have it. But, you know, I'd also noticed at that press conference was a distinct lack of that many reporters from sort of our sphere of things either. So in closing, I thought I'd remind people about our prayer campaign that we started back on August 15th on the Feast of the Assumption. Today marks the end of the novena of novenas for the Synod and the fate of our nations. We have been praying for an intervention and what if, just what if, this display of open paganism was at least part of that intervention. What if we received an intervention out of fire and of fury, but of a change of heart, even slight, for Francis after seeing this garbage play out in front of his eyes? Perhaps that will be the case. Maybe I'm wrong on that assessment. You know, I'm probably wrong about that assessment, but I'm trying to remain hopeful. And I'll say this. We have now three weeks to watch this unfold. I'm reminded of the so-called Synod on the Youth, and at that Synod, young people proposed all manner of radical heterodoxy, and at the end of the Synod, Francis repudiated their radical proposals instead of embracing them. I was surprised that he did that at the time, and I remain surprised today about that turn of events, and only hope we can get something like that this time. But perhaps what we'll get is a rebuking of the most vile proposals, but acceptable of the radical ones that many self-described traditionalists seem to be okay with. There is another prophecy that comes to mind, and that comes from St. Bridget, who it is said Our Lady visited and told her that they who would remove celibacy from the priesthood would have the grace of God taken from them and would suffer a gruesome fate. Someday I may do a video on St. Bridget's visions and prophecies, but the book that contains her complete visions is at least a five-volume set of her visions and visits she experienced from Our Lady. Needless to say, her visions were approved by the Church and are just another warning ignored by the Church and most of the laity today. I will instead close on this, though. Friday, I have a video of a different message from Our Lady, one that is approved by the Church that I think is relevant today, and it is especially timely because its anniversary is this coming weekend. That's all I'll say about this for now. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Keep praying for the Church. Ave Maria.